0: the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that opinions all are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law sensitive topics are discussed discretion is advised
1: welcome to this special edition of the court tv podcast where we focus on an episode from the court tv true crime series someone they knew with tamron hall The show digs into the Court TV archives for stories that play out in American courtrooms all too often. Violent crimes that were perpetrated not by complete strangers, but instead by someone close to the victim. This week's episode tells the story of DeKalb County, Georgia, Sheriff-elect Derwin Brown, who was gunned down in his own front yard three days before he was to be sworn into his new office here featuring interviews with homicide investigator chris harvey lead prosecutor j tom morgan former wsb news reporter dale cardwell and hattie dorsey cousin of the man charged with ordering brown's death this is someone they knew with tamron hall who shot the sheriff this
0: is the court tv podcast
2: He turned the sheriff's department into a personal chauffeuring, happy meal-fetching, bribe-infested, scandal-ridden organization that crushed the pride and the morale of the
3: good men and women who worked there. People thought he was crazy, was arrogant, self-assured.
4: He was a little bit of the thorn in the side.
3: He was a renegade is the first political assassination in this country in 20 years. It was just incredibly obvious, but there was absolutely zero evidence. I just can't even begin to describe how shocking
5: the allegation was.
6: You are the lowest scumbag of the earth.
7: In DeKalb County, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta, One thing was certain when it came to the sheriff's office, a history of trouble. For decades, several sheriffs have been charged with crimes ranging from theft and bribe taking to perjury and mail fraud. In 1996, there was a new sheriff in town and change was on the horizon.
4: In DeKalb County in Metro Atlanta, you're talking about 500, 600,000 plus people. So there's a big tax base There's a lot of federal involvement. You've got federal inmates that are being held. You've got contracts with INS. You've got contracts for medical services at the jail, food services at the jail, janitorial services, security services, uh, bonding services, all this stuff that comes out of the sheriff's office The, the sheriff alone gets to make the determination.
3: Sidney Dorsey was a former Atlanta homicide detective who had become legend because of his involvement with the murdered and missing children case. What most people don't recall is that he spent his fortune trying to become sheriff because it was his dream, and he failed over and over again. And people thought he was crazy because they didn't think he had a chance of ever being elected sheriff in a predominantly white county. But as demographics started changing in DeKalb County, he became electable. And when he was elected, it stunned everybody. The sheriff's
4: office in DeKalb County for years had seen corruption. I think the the last two or three sheriffs before him had pled guilty and been indicted for different types of theft and corruption. So that was the reputation of the sheriff's office before Sidney Dorsey got there. And he sort of took it and ran with it.
3: Sidney Dorsey was arrogant. He was self-assured. He was charismatic. He was a ladies' man. He certainly saw himself as a ladies' man.
8: I wouldn't say that he changed dramatically until um, later on when he was sheriff. He wasn't a warm, huggy, kissy cousin I used to have. The district attorney's
9: office, um, we really did not know what was going on. It was investigative reporting of Dale Cardwell that enlightened not only my office, but the general public as well.
3: This all started when I was at a Dairy Queen, and a gentleman came up behind me in line and said, are you Dale Cardwell from Channel 2? And I said, yeah. He said, I've got an unbelievable story, but I don't think you've got the courage to tell it. And I said, try me. The next day he called me and he said, the uh, sheriff of DeKalb County is using deputies that are on duty to staff his private security jobs all over Metro Atlanta. He's been doing it for years and no one will stop him. Everyone's afraid of him. And I was naive enough and aggressive enough to tell the story.
9: It was the first time any of us had heard about some of the shenanigans that were going on in there, such as using inmates to perform labor in Sheriff Dorsey's wife's political district. Those things came out because of investigative reporting, nothing that any of us were doing. We don't wanna have to work three or four part-time jobs, come to work tired, and hardly ever have to make an appointment to see our
3: wives and children. Derwin Brown was a longtime detective at the DeKalb County Police Department, very well-liked. He was a family man. He and his wife were rocks in the community.
4: The people that worked with him loved him. Probably from the management side, he was a little bit of the thorn in the side because he had made noise about unions and organizing and, and labor.
3: The race happened in 2000. Derwin Brown was a long shot. He, like Sidney Dorsey, had run for sheriff, and no one believed that he could defeat Sidney Dorsey in much the same way no one thought Sidney Dorsey would ever be elected sheriff. But now Sidney Dorsey is the sheriff, and it's thought of as a joke that Derwin Brown is challenging him. But Derwin Brown is running on a platform of law and order and in the corruption, so he was one of the very few people in metro Atlanta that would stand up and say, Sidney Dorsey is corrupt and he's engaging in corruption and this has to stop.
9: If someone had asked me to bet on who was going to win that race, I would have put my life savings on Dorsey. And Dorsey almost won outright. 300 votes made the difference, forcing Dorsey into a runoff. It was a three-week runoff. Dale was having more stories and more stories come out, and I really think people for the first time started paying attention that there was a real race for DeKalb County Sheriff.
3: At that point, it became like pulling a thread. Stories of, of the sheriff using on-duty deputies to take his child to Disney World.
9: It was probably the last two stories that Dale will release, with the inmates being let go and working in the yards and there was also a sexual harassment story that came out. And so the tide in those 21 days turned completely from Dorsey to Derwin, and Derwin won handedly in the runoff.
7: Derwin Brown was not expected to win the DeKalb County Sheriff's race. The election was close, but the ensuing runoff with Sidney Dorsey was not. Newly elected Derwin Brown was ready to make the changes... He promised during his campaign.
4: Sidney Dorsey was said first African American sheriff in DeCab County, and he missed that opportunity. He chose to, to line his own pockets. Durham Brown played the game and won. He outsmarted him, he, he won the game, it, the job was his, the voters had spoken.
3: It was a very brief, bright shining moment in Atlanta where you had the African American community rise up and say, we not only want a leader that looks like us, we want a leader that's clean and is going to do the right thing.
9: Derwin had said that once he took office, we would sit down And our plan was that let him be sworn in, the old sheriff is gone, and 22 people were gonna be without a job, but that would give more people the security to come to us and start talking.
4: On December 15th of 2000, Derwin Brown had graduated from the the Sheriff's Academy. It was his wife's birthday and he had stopped and I think gotten his wife some flowers and maybe a birthday present. He was due to be sworn in, I think that Monday. And so they were having a, a, a party at a, a bar restaurant not far from his house called MVPs. And I think it was around 10:30, 30, 11 o'clock, he decided to go home where his, his wife and his son and some other family members had, had already returned to. It was raining very heavily that night. He uh, pulled up to his house.
3: He gets out of his car like he's done a thousand times before, walks down his driveway and suddenly is confronted with a tech nine weapon and he just starts shooting him.
9: this shooter had the intertech nine with a magazine that holds 16 rounds i believe shot all 16. derwin who was shot three times in the back one piercing his heart another the spleen lung, those three shots took him down, and then the shooter stood over him and emptied the rest of it. His family
4: reported they thought were firecrackers, and I think it was his son who realized they were gunshots, and everybody got down on the floor, and after a a hail of gunfire, they went outside and they found him. Of course, they called 911 and, and got police and paramedics, and they transported him to the hospital, but he didn't survive very long.
3: My wife and I are in bed. My phone rings and it's the DeKalb County police. The gentleman says, Dale, this is Sergeant Stewart. Uh, Are you okay? And I said, Yeah, I'm okay. Why? He said, Could you please come to your front door? And there were a half dozen police officers standing in my doorway. And they said, Mr. Cardwell? I said, Yeah. He said, "Uh, Sheriff elect of DeKalb County, Derwin Brown, was shot and killed uh, a little while ago, uh, murdered in his driveway. We, expected to find you dead as well. You need to gather up some clothes, get your wife and kids, and we need to put you in protective custody.
4: It wasn't a robbery.
9: Um, it was something that seemed like it was planned and orchestrated. Most people are killed by someone they know and usually is an intimate partner. And then you draw a circle a little bit further.
10: I was a major uh, in the DeKalb County Police Department. I was selected following the murder of Derwin Brown to head up a multi-agency task force special to investigate and hopefully solve the case. DeKalb had had major high-profile cases before. Obviously, this was a high-profile case. One agency somewhere described it as the first political assassination in this country in 20 years.
4: We had a couple lead-ins, a couple theories, a couple directions that we could go down as we started looking at this. One, clearly there was some tension with the sheriff's office. It had been a very, very unpleasant runoff campaign. You know That couldn't have gone down easily for for Sidney Dorsey.
10: Sidney Dorsey is a possible suspect, sure, but is he the kind of person? He was a veteran homicide detective. I don't think he's gonna make too many mistakes if he's involved in it. Personally, I don't know that he would even be up to doing it. They put him in a jail cell and they sweat him.
3: And he sits there for weeks and he has a change of attitude. Follow Court TV live over the
0: air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area.
7: A few days before he was to be sworn in as the new sheriff of DeKalb County, Georgia, Duran Brown was assassinated, just steps from his front door. Police found no concrete leads at the site of the murder. But one thing was clear. TV news stories about the outgoing sheriff, Sidney Dorsey, and documented corruption in his office were raising suspicions.
3: Durran Brown was murdered literally days before he would have taken the oath to become sheriff. It was so obvious to anyone observing news and politics at that time that if Derwin Brown is dead, the person that would be responsible for it is Sidney Dorsey. But there was absolutely zero evidence. Derwin Brown shot and killed 12 times in his driveway. There's no weapon, there's no footprints because it's a miserable rainy night. It appears as though the perpetrators have gotten away with it scot-free. There's nothing physical tying the perpetrators to the scene.
8: Well, when I heard the news about the murder, it was like everybody else surprised shot. But I never one time thought that it was anything to do with Sydney. And I remember the first
4: meeting we had with Captain Rodney Maddox, who was in charge of the criminal investigation team. And he said, guys, I know there are a bunch of different theories about what may be going on. But he said, we've got to let the evidence drive this case.
10: The transition between the outgoing sheriff and Derwin Brown had already begun. The transition team had identified about 40 people that they thought they were not going to employ, and it actually sent them letters.
3: Prior to Derwin Brown taking office, he actually did an interview with me. It was the only time I ever met Derwin Brown. And the purpose of the interview was to explain why he was letting go 37 Sheriff's Department employees. And his promoters and his supporters said, don't do that do not do that you just need to let them go when you become sheriff and he says no it's not right it's not the right thing to do i want to give them a heads up and that created motive among the people that knew they were going to lose their jobs because they really hadn't earned their jobs through traditional law enforcement channels
10: there was also something back in the summer derwin had mentioned to some people at police headquarters that while he was out campaigning they thought they were being followed and they confronted the person it turned out it was an individual that worked for the Sheriff's Department named Patrick Cuffey. Well, he passed it off as just, you know, some kind of a chance encounter. You know, I wasn't following you and that sort of thing. I
9: said, you need to get a, a surveillance team immediately on a deputy named Patrick Cuffey.
4: Cuffey had been on the list of people to be fired by Derwin Brown.
10: The detective went to the location, set up one, it, and it was a few hours later that he noticed two figures come out and get into a car. They followed them to the DeKalb County
9: Sheriff's Department jail where they circled the jail twice and then got back on the expressway. I said, well, what happened after that? I said, well, our team backed off because they thought Cuffey must have known he was being followed and he was going home. Had they stayed on Cuffey that night, the crime would have been solved that night. The main thing that
4: broke the case wide open was a shootout that took place at Patrick Cuffey's house.
10: Cuffey, by then, had been discharged from the Sheriff's Department. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning, and they heard gunshots, and some peeked out and saw all these cars and people running around shooting and fighting. Patrick Cuffey had been involved in a drug deal, and Patrick Cuffey had hidden some evidence, and so now he was looking at some significant time. So when he was subsequently arrested, and the deal that led to Cuffey's own confession and the subsequent confession of Paul Skyers in the deal, that was all brokered by J. Tom Morgan and the district attorney's office. They sweat him.
3: They bring Cuffey in, they put him in a jail cell, and they sweat him. It's just as old-fashioned as it sounds. He doesn't like being in jail, and he sits there for weeks, and he has a change of attitude.
4: He would tell us everything about the murder of Durham Brown in exchange for immunity for prosecution. And I remember just, just kind of my eyes bulging out of my head. Well, you needed a driver. That was Paul Skyers. Melvin Walker was the trigger man. Ramsey and and Cuffy were arguably best friends, so I think they were they were kind of in it together. This wasn't, you know, a group of former Navy SEALs or anything. These were two guys who couldn't get hired by the sheriff. One guy who was basically the sheriff's you know, right-hand man and, and one guy that had some basic law enforcement training.
5: They were able to establish who the actual shooters were. The shooters you know, eventually confessed to the four people, the four assassins who went out there together and had circumstantial evidence that, that Sidney Dorsey had hired him. Charging
10: three people with the murder of Sheriff-elect Irwin Brown. Those persons being charged are former sheriff Sidney Dorsey, Melvin Walker, and
4: David Isaiah Ramsey. Sidney Dorsey actually turned himself in. I think they called his attorney. He turned himself in that night, but arrested Melvin Walker and David Ramsey and charged them with
5: murder, and that started the prosecution train. DeKalb County certainly has its share of, of violent crime, but killing the chief law enforcement officer, I mean, that's like killing the head of the FBI in the nation. I mean, how does that happen? I just can't even begin to describe how shocking the allegation was.
7: With Patrick Cuffey and Paul Skiers flipping for immunity deals, Sidney Dorsey was charged with the murder of Derwin Brown. Melvin Walker, the trigger man, and David Ramsey were cleared of all charges at their first trial. But at a later federal trial, they both received life in prison for their roles in the assassination. It was now Sidney Dorsey's turn in court.
5: There's lots of crime in DeKalb County. I don't necessarily read the newspaper every day. I don't know about every case. Everybody knew the Sidney Dorsey case. Everybody. Which meant if we were gonna pick a jury, the question wasn't going to be, do you know about the facts of this case? Can you come in with an open mind? It's gonna be, what have you decided already? In Doherty County, many of the jurors didn't know anything about the case. I mean, Doherty County is, I don't know, 200 miles from Atlanta, so we moved to Albany.
6: Let the record now reflect that the
4: defendant is present in the courtroom. Throughout most of this trial, most of the proceedings, the preliminary hearings, um, the bond hearings, all that stuff, he seemed pretty defiant. He seemed pretty sure of himself. He wasn't broken by the allegations.
11: The attorneys now have an opportunity to make opening statements.
9: Mr. Hodges for the state. I knew we could not convict Dorsey solely on Cuffey's testimony or the hitman. And Skyers told us the same story. He also told us where the gun was. So then I called Phyllis Brown. She was very frustrated, understandably so, that the case was completely cold until Cuffey flipped. She said, I, I will agree to the immunity if Cuffey is not the planner and instigator and he was not the trigger man. I said, well, I've got to believe that he's telling us the truth. Otherwise, we can't go for it. And she said, then let's make the deal and go after the people responsible for my husband's death.
12: Power. Ladies and gentlemen, this case is about power. Power of the man so consumed by power that he could not and would not let it go. A man so corrupted by power that he used the office to which he was elected, sheriff of DeKalb County, for his own personal use. A man so consumed by power that when a man announced he was going to run against him and reform the sheriff's office, and when that man won, he devised a plan to assassinate him so he could take the office back.
8: We did not believe he did it. We wanted to be there to show our support and that we were in his corner. And it was almost like it was an expectation for us to push him away, that he had done this horrible thing and the family was not supposed to be supportive of him. But what we didn't believe he had done it.
12: At the defendant, Sidney Dorsey's direction, four men, Patrick Cuffey, Paul Skyers, David Ramsey, and Melvin Walker, four men at the bottom of this chart, they carried out the defendant's order assassinated Derwin Brown. A decorated police officer, loving family man, intent on cleaning up the corruption in DeKalb County. Sidney Dorsey did this because he could not stand to lose his power.
5: He beat me in the election, so I killed him. I guess that's some kind of a motive. But then the case just grew, you know, uh, unimaginably into this RICO case.
13: Sidney Dorsey stands before you, charged with the most serious crimes in the state of Georgia. Murder of a sheriff-elect, racketeering like the mafia, bribery, violation of oath of office, and thefts.
5: It seemed to me, and still to this day, frankly, seemed to me it's a good, clean murder case. Either he did or he didn't. And, and what J. Tom Morgan did to his, I guess, to his strategic credit, was he combined it with all of the misuse of power. Sydney is not guilty.
9: My strategy was to divide the trial into two parts, corruption and murder and we would try the corruption trial first, close that evidence, and then move on to the murder. I was hoping by the time we finished the corruption that the jury would be disgusted at Sidney Dorsey.
2: Can you tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Mr. Heimlich, whether or not you ever were ordered to transport Sidra Dorsey, the daughter of Sid Dorsey, back and forth from Cab County to or from Chattanooga, sir?
14: Yes, I was.
12: When you were employed by the sheriff of DeKalb County between 1996 and 2000, who was in Sidney Dorsey, did you ever have the occasion to drive any of his family members outside of the state of Georgia? That's correct. Would you tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury about that, please?
3: Okay. I was, uh, I received... Most law, law enforcement tenor. officials, especially in the sheriff's department, knew that Sid Dorsey was misusing these on-duty deputies, but no one would do anything about it.
14: You're not going to tell your... Your boss, that I'm not going to do what you tell tell me to do. So, we did it. You know, just one of those things. If you don't, then you're probably not going to be employed
3: there very long.
4: I wasn't at all surprised because I had learned so much about the way he'd run that jail. That, That just seemed like the next the next step. I mean, he he ran that place like it was his own lemonade stand, and he had no compunction about doing anything, no matter how outrageous, to, to save him money or to, to get some, some cash for himself.
2: Did you ever have occasion, sir, to work at a bank as a security guard while you were on duty at the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office? Yes, I have. How did
12: this come about? Who, who, how, how did you know to do this the first time? <clears throat> uh, the first
14: time, uh, the sheriff came asking me to do him a favor.
4: So the deputies being paid by the taxpayers, and Dorsey's being paid by the bank through his private security company for basically free labor, which is, you know, a nice deal if you can get it, but happens to be illegal.
8: Next
9: witness. Stay culturally recycled.
5: So they made it a RICO case and got everything, including the kitchen sink, you know, into this one trial. I think it was a terrible abuse of the RICO statute. It wasn't what RICO was designed to do, in my opinion. and it, perverted the whole trial, I
12: thought.
6: I was in my office and I got a phone call and it was um, from the sheriff's department and they were saying that um, that Sheriff Dorsey had requested to see me. We went to this deserted house. Then he just kind of like, you know, started getting all over me. He violated me as a female.
5: This was a perfect case of murder to try. Either he did it or he didn't, and that's what I think he was entitled to. But instead we're hearing that Sidney Dorsey also had non consensual sex with a bondswoman. What is that doing in
1: a murder trial? He knew
6: my whole family worked for me. So he knew how bad I, I wanted that, how bad I was proud of my, my bonding company. So he knew all that. He knew all that.
3: What we learned was that She was expected to trade sexual favors to Sid Dorsey to not only get the license, but to keep the license.
5: So the result, you know, by the end of the trial is you had to hate Sidney Dorsey.
14: I decided that, well, why don't we pull straws to see who's going to be the shooter.
9: I knew we were going to have credibility problems with Patrick Covey, because I hated him as much as anyone else did.
7: Sidney Dorsey was charged with the murder of Derwin Brown and 14 other counts that included two RICO charges, one bribery charge, one violation of his oath of office and nine charges of theft by taking. It was time to hear from the sheriff's deputy who once considered Sidney Dorsey a father figure, but who was now a key witness for the prosecution.
10: You solemnly swear in front of the testimony you're about to give this court to jury on the issue pending will be the truth, the whole truth, and that's but the truth so we have to God.
8: How do?
10: Take your hand down the stage your name, please, sir. Patrick
3: Cuffin. Okay, be- Sydney Dorsey collected a group of misfits, young men who wanted to be law enforcement officers, who didn't really have the background that would have led them down that path, other than seeing it on television and wanting to carry a gun and drive a car.
11: Did you consider him to be a father figure? Yes, sir. Did you consider yourself to be that close to Sidney Dorsey?
3: Yes, sir. When Sid Dorsey decided that he wanted Derwin Brown to be killed, he chose the person in his organization that he believed would do it, and that was Patrick Cuffey. Patrick Cuffey worshiped Sidney Dorsey. He was his role model. He introduced me as his son. And Sid Dorsey knew that Patrick Cuffey would do anything the sheriff wanted him to do. So he called him to his house one day, and he, he said, I've got a job for you.
11: Did you go on your own to Sidney Dorsey's house?
3: I went
14: alone as he requested.
11: Did you, in fact, have a conversation with Mr. Dorsey at this time, sir? Yes, sir. Describe that for the ladies and gentlemen of the jury please.
14: While I was on the patio, he handed me a paper that was folded. When I opened it, it said, kill Duren Brown. I asked him why.
11: Did he respond? Yes, sir. What did he say?
14: He said that Durin was gonna kill him. What happened to that note? Mr. Dorsey put it in his mouth and started tuning on him to dispose of it.
4: You know, Dorsey's a homicide detective. He knows what leaves evidence and what doesn't leave evidence. And he told him initially he wanted him strangled so as to not leave forensic evidence, you know, not leave shell casings, not have a murder weapon.
11: Was David Ramsey involved in the murder? Yes, sir. Was Paul Skyers involved in the murder? Yes, sir. Did Melvin Walker agree to participate? Yes, sir. Was he involved in the murder? Yes, sir. Were you, Mr. Cuffey, were you involved in the murder?
3: Yes, sir. Patrick Cuffey was from the Caribbean and he it's befriended by a guy named David June Ramsey, who's also from the Caribbean. And then Patrick Cuffey and David Ramsey are going to get Paul Skyers, another friend, a job in law enforcement. And then, hey, why don't we get Melvin Walker a job in law enforcement? So when the decision was made to murder Derwin Brown, these four Keystone cops were given carte blanche to do it.
11: Was a decision made as to who was actually going to be the shooter? Yes, sir. And who was going to be the actual shooter, sir?
14: I decided at my home one evening that, well, why don't we pull straws to see who's going to be the shooter?
9: I knew we were going to have credibility problems with Patrick Cuffey because I hated him as much as anyone else did from the day I met him in my office before the murder took place to the time when he's describing in monotone about the assassination of an elected official like you and I are talking about what are we going to have for breakfast in the morning.
11: Who shot and killed Derwin Brown?
14: Melvin Walker.
11: At whose request was Derwin Brown killed for?
14: by the request of Sidney Dorsey.
11: The man who sits right here? Yes, sir. Sidney Dorsey? Yes, sir.
14: Your witness. Patrick
5: Cuffley had a lot of baggage, obviously. He was the actual, you know, one of the assassins, with the group of four assassins who went there that night and killed Dillard Brown. Needless to say, we had to deal with that. You know, prosecution says, why is the chief law enforcement officer hanging around with these people?
14: Right? Why are they his
5: employees?
14: The pressure was on us. And that's what fed up means, that we was under pressure.
9: And the under four hitmen Patrick Cuffy, Melvin Walker, David Ramsey, and Paul Skyers, had been rehearsing for weeks for this assassination. Dorsey ordered them to do it that night, that they couldn't wait any longer because uh, Sheriff-elect Durham Brown was about to be Sheriff. So they knew they had to do it that night.
14: And under pressure because it wasn't our It wasn't our want. We didn't want this, but we promised we'll take care of it. And that's where the pressure came.
11: Have you ever been charged with the murder of Derwin Brown? No, sir. Did you receive immunity as a result of your cooperation with the state of Georgia in regard to the charges against Derwin Brown? Yes, sir. Did anyone from the district attorney's office or any law enforcement agency tell you that you had to finger Sydney
14: Dorsey?
10: No, sir. The fact is, who in the world would benefit from this stuff other than Sidney Dorsey? Dorsey? He had the only chance, and it was a slim chance, that he could get himself appointed the interim sheriff and then get an opportunity to rally his forces and run again and win again. The other individuals, as it all became clear as the case unfolded, he was going to pay him with favors.
11: Describe the circumstances or the situation the evening of December the 15th of the year 2000.
14: From my position, I can see Darren getting out his car, closes his door, and he's slowly running in his driveway. And at that time, I can hear the rapid gunfire. And at that point, I then got up from my position, and I started running towards where the shots were fired.
11: Did you fire any shots yourself that evening? No, sir. Did David Ramsey ever fire any shots that evening? No, sir. Did anyone other than Melvin Walker fire shots on that evening?
5: No, sir. There was inconsistencies between Cuffy's description of the actual shooting, where people were standing. Can
13: you explain how shell casings are found all along the right side of both vehicles of state's exhibit number eight? Yeah, shell casings got kicked out of a gun.
5: My colleague, Brian Steele, was actually cross-examining him and saying, you, "You, the shots don't mirror what, in fact, you described as being the scene of the shooting.
14: Counselor, all I can testify to what I've told you is that what I saw, I saw him get out of the car, I saw him fail, I heard the gunshot, I know where the shooter is, I know where Ramsey is, and I know where I'm supposed to be. That's all I can testify. I can testify that Paul was in this car waiting. That's all I can say. All
5: these other stuff, I don't know anything about. So you, you dirty him up, but in the end, he is the assassin.
13: Your mission was to get away with the murder of Durham Brown without being sentenced properly for your crime, right?
14: My mission was to follow through as requested
13: by Sidney Dorsey. And your mission was to never be held responsible for the assassination of our Durham Brown, right? I'm sorry. Your mission, your agenda, everything you did was so you would not be held accountable for your involvement with the murder of Durham Brown, right? Everything I did when? Lies to the police, the lies to the media. Everything
14: I've said then was to cover myself and the people involved. And you got away with it, didn't you? No, I did not. I am here telling you about it.
7: After two weeks, the state was about to rest their case, and it seemed unlikely that the defense would call any witnesses. Patrick Cuffey and Paul Skyers both admitted to being involved in the planning and assassination of Derwin Brown. But would their testimony be enough to convince the jury to put Sidney Dorsey behind bars for the rest of his life?
8: It's
12: Gerald Thomas Gowett, Gowitt, G O W I T T.
9: I was hoping by the time we finished the corruption part of the trial with Shirley McMichael and all the other witnesses that the jury would be disgusted at Sidney Dorsey. So then we moved on to the murder case.
11: Did you make a determination during the course of the autopsy as to how many gunshot wounds would have been inflicted upon Mr.
12: Brown? The wounds that actually struck his body and hit his person totaled 12 in number.
11: How long would you have expected Derwin Brown to have survived the onslaught that he suffered back in the evening of December the 15th of the year 2000, sir? Uh,
12: I think probably within about 30 seconds to a minute, and I'm probably being very generous here. Now the jury could see a motive.
9: Here was a narcissistic man who'd lost his election, and he would do anything possible to get that job back, including murder. Mrs. Brown, are you the widow of the late Sheriff Black, Derwin Brown?
6: Yes, I am.
3: I became very, very close to Phyllis Brown, and my heart ached for her. This is a wonderful woman, wonderful mother, and it it killed her. and literally killed her.
9: Where were y'all waiting for Mr. Brown to get home?
6: We were in, all of us were in the den. What happened next? We were sitting around, and we were just talking, and all of a sudden I heard... What sounded, at first I thought it was firecrackers. When I called 911, I, my first call was, there's shooting in, you know, next door to my house. I'm still thinking it's next door. And I re- remember I was still on the phone, and when I walked out the door, I looked to my left on the ground, and Derwin was like, And I remembered I was still on the phone with the police. And then I I told them, I said, Captain Brown just has been shot. I knelt down. And when I looked in his eyes, I knew he was gone.
13: Your Honor, on behalf of the people, the state rests. That's the state's case, Your Honor, and we rest
11: All right, gentlemen, you ready to proceed? All right, ready for the defense? Yes, Your Honor. All right, Mr. Petrie.
2: Sidney Dorsey had the opportunity to be a sheriff that DeKalb County could be proud of. But instead, he turned the sheriff's department into a personal chauffeuring, babysitting, Lexus, Mercedes, and limousine repairing, go-kart toting, door unlocking, Happy Meal fetching, bribe-infested, scandal-ridden organization that crushed the pride and the morale of the good men and women who work there. Don't let them steal the truth from Derwin Brown and the good and the
5: hope that he brought to the Cab County. Your job here today Members of the jury is not to deliberate about questions of morality. Your job is not to deliberate about questions of judgment. You are here to answer a question
13: of law, which is whether the state has proven its case beyond a reasonable doubt. But Sidney Dorsey wasn't at the Brown home on December 15, 2000. Cuffey and Skyers used this tool to take the life of Durham Brown. They've already taken the life of one sheriff. Cuffey and Skyers are now using you as their tool to take the life of another sheriff. Please find Sidney Dorsey not guilty of every crime. It's in this bill of indictment.
9: There's only one person in the universe who had the motivation to kill Durham Brown, and that was his political opponent, Sidney Dorsey. If you aid a bet, Encourage, solicit another to commit a crime, you are guilty of the entire crime.
12: Ladies and gentlemen, justice demands
9: a verdict of guilty of each and every count in this case. The jury find the defendant as to count one, guilty. As to count two, guilty. As to count three, guilty. Accountant's worth, not guilty.
4: Now, it's interesting, the things he was acquitted of were the, the charges that were associated with Shirley McMichael. But he was convicted of corruption and RICO indictments. But most importantly, he was convicted of murder.
9: In a case like this, a general goes to prison and the lieutenants walk free. But it's the one who ordered the crime, and he's the one being held responsible by the community. So I guess it's ultimately, you know, justice has prevailed.
8: What gives you the right to take somebody's life? You know, that person, he he had a family. You took that away from us. And I think it all should be taken away from you for the rest of your life. You should die in jail. You should never get out. As
6: you watch yourself in the mirror, understand you are the lowest scumbag of the earth. And I will not ask Judge Becker, I will not ask the DA or anyone To take your life because, like I said, my God has that in his hands. And as you sit there, shaking your neck, whatever, what I wish for you is the fact that every night when you go to sleep, I want you to have a picture of Derwin every time you close your eyes. Because that's all I have.
3: Phyllis Brown, his widow, was not given any kind of a compensation package because he had left his position at the police department and he had not been sworn in as sheriff. And so the leadership of the county turned them out. So yeah, I I carry a lot of guilt about the way this all turned out because of what I pursued as a story.
13: I was not a party to the murder of Durham Brown. I did not orchestrate, I did not plan, I did not play a role in the diabolical, horrible murder of the sheriff-elect. However, here I am. I never thought that an innocent man would be convicted of a crime that he didn't do. Your Honor, I know you're going to sentence me severely, but I do not have the blood of Derren Brown
3: on my hands. I realize today that that uh, I carry remorse for for it happening, but sadness that DeKalb County and its African-American population was turning a corner in 2000. They were electing a person that they believed in, they were proud of, and they were turning a page.
11: All right, Mr. Dorsey, if you'll please stand. Mr. Dorsey, as you know, you were convicted by a jury in Doherty County of the following, and I will sentence you as follows. As to count one murder, you were found guilty. I sentence
9: you to life. Dorsey got life plus 65 years. He will die in the Georgia prison system.
5: No parole board in Georgia is going to parole him, unless it's for medical reasons, you know, towards the end of his life or something.
8: I was shocked, pain, you know, just unbelievable. Because in a lot of ways, The verdict, we felt, was being passed on to us.
3: A couple of years later, I received a call from the district attorney. She called me personally and said, I've just left the prison. Sidney Dorsey has confessed to his role in the murder of Derwin Brown.
10: I won't quote him exactly, but that he had indeed ordered the murder, but had tried to recall it, or something to that effect.
3: It's a tragedy what happened to the Brown family. Within five years, his wife is dead, his family's in shambles. So you asked me, what would I change? I think I would have been a little bit more vigilant, and I would have done more to try to tell Derwin Brown, you need to be very, very careful, because you telegraphing that you're going to let those 37 people go at the sheriff's department, that's not going to go unanswered. Something is going to happen. I wish our community would have been more vigilant, in the sense of protecting Derwin Brown.
7: Tragedy continued for both the Brown and Dorsey families post-sentencing. As we said, Phyllis Brown died due to complications of a stroke in 2006. Sidney Dorsey's oldest son, Sidney Dorsey Jr. was murdered in 2018. Dorsey remains behind bars. I'm Tamron Hall. Thank you for watching Someone They Knew
1: there you have it another episode of the court tv true crime series someone they knew with tamron hall you can see episodes of the show every monday through friday at 7 p.m on court tv with new episodes premiering every sunday night at 9 p.m i'm vinnie politan thanks for listening and as always don't forget to hug the kids
0: this podcast is a production of court tv Go to courttv.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.